0: Hey guys, what's up? Jamie Atkinson. Welcome back to the Changemakers podcast. And today I'm really excited because um okay, one second. I want to make sure I don't butcher your surname here. Because this is thrustle, super, super important. Thrustle. Now you, should keep, you should keep this bit. Oh, oh yeah, we're not. We're not yeah. stopping rolling. No, this is this okay, is how good. we go. <laughs> everybody don't worry, Daniel. Everybody at home is super, super used to my massive levels of unprofessionalism. Great. It's actually a part of my of my signature brand. It's very, very important.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: I was nearly going to say Throsal. So, man, dodged <laughs> dodged a bullet there. So, guys, I'm, I'm excited to bring you... Spoiler, we've already mentioned who he is, but Daniel today is coming on the show. Um, he's Australia's number one copywriter. So, I'm massively honored to have him on the show. And, you know, out of everything that uh, I love in the online world, there's nothing I love more than having just a few people who I open almost every single one of their emails... And I actually found Daniel and I found you through, um, one of my friends, Austin Dixon was like, dude, you need to check out this wicked, weird, super strange email sequence. And he's like, it's called like the parallax or something. I was like, okay, I'm going to go check it out. And I get into this sequence and like, first of all, I, 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 signed into this email sequence and, um, then I went and ate some dinner and about two uh, maybe like an hour later, I had an email that's going, Jamie, if you're not going to even bother opening this first email, you might as well just unsubscribe. And I was like, oh my God, this email knows me. It knows me so well. Okay, Daniel, I'm sorry. And I went back and I read through the rest of the parallel, parallel sequence. And uh, honestly, one some of the best copywriting that I've ever experienced. And what I love about it was it's just absolutely hilarious. Longest intro ever. Please welcome Daniel to the show. What's going on, dude? How are you doing?
1: Very, very good on this fine sunny morning actually it's so hot dude it's so hot it's gonna be what, what do they measure temperature in in costa rica
0: well i don't know in costa rica Carolina. i i measure it in celsius and all my american yes, friends yeah, get okay. super butt hurt when exactly. i do that
1: okay well you and i are of the same kindred so it's 32 at the moment it's only 9am wow. it's gonna be like 40 today or something yeah that's crazy so it's crazy hot but otherwise i'm doing great yeah, yeah. people always get uh, super you, upset you, like,
0: when i uh, complain about how hot do. it is you know it's like oh man like they're like in austin like yeah. with a snowstorm right now i'm like man you know what? I am also very uncomfortable. It is swelteringly hot over here. Oh
1: <laughs> well, Yeah, well, and I say it's 32 degrees and Americans are like, that's really
0: cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's like... Zero. That's like the freezing, that's freezing temperature. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Daniel, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, you know, if anybody listening right now isn't actually um, subscribed to Daniel's list, you know, just stop the episode right now. Go to persuasivepage.com. Go opt into his list. And then I'll see you in three hours when you're done. Talk to me about, um, first of all, a little bit about what gave you the inspiration for creating this insane and so different email sequence.
1: Right. So uh, it, it's funny because and we were we were just riffing on this before the show that a, a year ago from when we're talking, I had no email list well, I had 40 people who had been on it for two years. So it was like a dead dormant email list I'd never emailed. Um, and so like <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of things uh, to try and build that. But wh- one of the things that I did earliest, in my career and i got kind of fortunate with this is, is copywriter ben settle i don't know if you know ben settle I, mm-hmm. I love ben he's great he offered people the chance to advertise to his email list uh and so i placed a classified ad in his list and i got like a hundred subs from that it was one of the earliest things i did so it sort of gave me a kick with a hundred people and i remember when i was um trying to you know i knew i was going to have this traffic coming on my list And I was like, I've got to have a really good welcome email. I've got to welcome people. And I spent like a day or two just trying to write welcome emails. And everyone I wrote is like, generic, generic, generic. Because everyone's welcome email is the same. You know, it's like, hey, thanks for joining. I'm going to be updating you one to three times a week with some cool tips. Make sure you read my emails, whitelist me, blah, blah. And it's, it's like all the same stuff. And so just in a moment of frustration, just hours before this ad was due to run, I just came up with this crazy concept, which was, I, I don't want to spoil it too much for people because I, I want people to get the full effect if they read it. But it sort of involved like waking up in this dark cell. Like that's how the email starts. And it's, it's totally unlike anything else. And I showed it to my wife. I was like, what do you think of this? And she read it and she's like, I don't like it. <laughs> And I showed it to my best friend. As only your wife
0: will, right? Like always just like, hey, I've got this amazing million dollar. No, it's shit. Give up, give up. Go back to school. Right.
1: (laughs) I showed it to my best friend who's a copywriter. I was like, what do you think of this? He's like, yeah, no, I'm not feeling it. And so I was like, everyone was telling me throw the towel in, but I was like, no, I think, I think I got something here. And I used that and it ended up doing really well. Everyone was like, I've never had a welcome email like that. That was so weird. And so I had this idea. I was like, well, that, that worked really well. I mean, I wonder how can I make a really good impression on people? And to me, like that's people are hottest when they just join your list and they're most likely to do things for you. They're most likely to tell people about you. Like you just mentioned before you were referred by someone who went through my welcome series and they're like, dude, check it out. So I was like, well, how can I kind of capitalize on that? And so I, I built out a welcome sequence. Of my best stuff, but even that was kind of generic, and I was like, "Hmm, well, what if I let people go through it faster? Because I'd I'd heard of people doing that. You know, if you click a link, you can get the next one right away. And I was like, "Oh, I could let people binge the emails. So I had this link in each one. It's like, by the way, if you click, I'll send you the next one right now. And I started getting people binging them, and I was like, "That's really cool. And then I was like, when they click that link, they've got to go to a web page. So what if I write that web page as another thing? And what if I just get really wild on the web pages? Like I read this crazy parallel world with these stories. And I started writing that. So you start clicking and you end up in this parallel world. Then you go back to your inbox. There's an email. Then you click and you go to the parallel world and you're bouncing back and forth. And it's just nuts. And uh, it's, that has been one of the biggest drivers of my list growth, to be honest. That welcome series because people join it and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I know that I know that one of the things you like to talk about, you're you're like, uh, you know, what what are you doing, and not what are you teaching? It's kind of funny because I teach people this, but it's what I do. <laughs> and so one of the really cool things I've done is like, if you make a good first impression on people, and obviously we're talking email marketing here, and it's a very email specific thing, but if you can make a good impression when people join, and you know, you could apply this in many other ways. You know, send them a gift or do something unexpected, record them a personal video, whatever it is for your business that's when people are most likely to tell other people about you. And I've had massive growth by optimizing that first few days when people find me, that's when they're hottest. And that's when I hit them to try and get them to tell other people about me. So that's one of the most powerful things I've done to build my business, honestly.
0: It's super fascinating. And, and I have no doubt in my mind that you're probably already a, a pretty hilarious dude. But what I, what I think is so um, impressive about your emails is that you just your personality just oozes from the, you know, the sentences where you almost whisper them because it's in a big font to when you're shouting it out. You know, you do a great job of, of capturing this personality. I think, you know, for me reading it, I'm like, man, like this dude's funny, but I kind of know this guy. And um, I, I feel like, you know, it's almost like one of your superpowers is being able to use humor in a way that kind of really engages people. Why do you think that's so powerful? Uh, look, uh, one of my pet peeves about
1: and I'm talking from a copywriting point of view but you know it's only worse out in the real world because copywriters are supposed to be the best at this so apply this to your industry whatever it is and make it 10 times worse everyone's so boring and I copywriters are supposed to be the best they're supposed to be the people who know how to do this but they all take this business approach like oh today I'm going to tell you about this tactic that I've got and I was like stuff that why are you all so boring and like crusty old people just reliving past glories to yourself I was like I just want to come in and be fun and weird and like I I kind of exaggerate I just go wild because I think people really like seeing the you know someone who's genuinely having fun when they do it most people say I just want to kill myself rather than write an email and that's because they try and write emails in this stupid way but like Do you say that about writing a text message? Like if you're texting your best friend or your wife or something, it's not like, oh, I'm having, this is so hard. It's so hard writing these text messages being me to my friends or to my wife, or it's so hard writing Facebook or Instagram posts. It's not, people love doing that stuff. But when they write an email, they try and put on this mask that's not them and it's not really fun. And so what I was doing, I was like, what if I don't? What if I'm just me? And what if I amp up the weirdness and stop caring about the people who aren't going to like it? And let's be honest, man. There are a lot of people who hate my writing style.
0: They're oh, like, yeah. They're, they're all on r slash copywriting. Yeah. yeah, I've seen them. They're, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Reddit copywriting. That They hate me there. <laughs> and I hate them, too. It's it's good fun. Uh, but, yeah, the, people are not going to like it when you do that. When you come out of your shell and you start... Making the jokes that you think are inappropriate, to put, in. and I don't even mean dirty jokes, I've never made a dirty joke, but just jokes that mine are so, like, dad jokes, they're so lame, but I just put my whole heart and soul into making the dad joke and not even apologizing for it, and you, even if you don't find it funny, you just can't help but chuckling, it's like, yeah, that, it's
0: respect, I right? actually
1: think it's so funny that I'm making that joke, and you're, like, just laughing because I'm laughing. So I think when you, when you can turn this into something that you're actually having a ball doing, you talk about what happened in your life and stuff like that. It actually is a lot of fun. Actually, the, the people, the people who are following you, what, what kinds of businesses are they doing?
0: Well, typically a lot of people here, they're either um, beginning to grow a course creating or an online coaching business. We have some agency people and then we have some of the people who are at a bit of the higher level. Some of them are hitting, you know, maybe six or multi six figures, but a lot of people are in that beginning stage. They're trying to get from, Hey, look, like I'm trying to get my offer out there. You know, I may be on Facebook. Someone told me to make a group. I had 200 people there. No one bought my stuff. Like a lot of the people are in those phases and that's where they're struggling the most.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's, that's perfect. I mean, number one, email is just such the best medium for you there. I mean, and this is what I used to do. I used to specialize in copy for course creators, like the people you just described. That was uh, my job for several years. I did that for some big brands in Australia. And so email works so well in that situation because really what you need to think about is that the course isn't the product, really. The course isn't the product, you in a sense are what they are buying you're what they're hanging around for and ultimately if, if people are sticking around for you they're going to end up buying what you sell over the long term and that's how you have these brands who you follow who if if they came out with you know if Ben Settle came out with a diet book I like Ben Settle I'd be like well Ben I, I did not sign up to your list for diets but if you came out with a diet book I'd probably read it um, and, and it's the same kind of thing so What you can do is by building an email list and being yourself and having fun, you are only going to make your life a whole lot easier, especially for selling stuff, because that's people want to buy you. And that, that's a really important thing to remember.
0: I think it's honestly a big reliever. You know, one a while ago, you know, I came from um, actually writing like a thousand word articles when I first got started online. I worked for a company called The Hoth. I was getting paid like 28 bucks. And it's super hilarious now, actually, that, you know, I like and enjoy writing copy. And I look at that kind of heritage of where it came from. But one of the things that I really enjoyed and that I've learned from a lot of my friends who write copy is that, you know, it isn't so much about being grammatically correct, writing words the right way. Like when you when you say like, yeah, like, yeah, like why a like, you know, this isn't the prepper grammatic English. Like sometimes you'll finish sentences without a period. Sometimes you'll just put ellipses because we all love ellipses. Right. We're going to put that in there. And it was interesting, you know, taking that step back from grammar Nazi, you know, how you were raised to do it in school to realizing that you can just have a lot more fun with it. Right.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, like I, I break so many grammatical rules. I've heard this good saying that style style is everything you do wrong. And the whole point is you want to you want to have your own style. So the more rules that you break consistently knowing that they're yours, like the more people are going to be able to identify a brand for you, which is really good. And another thing is people like to they try and separate their lives from their business persona. And that's why most people's emails suck and why most people don't like writing emails because they're like, I need to sit and talk about the reader. In fact, that's like copywriting 101. It's like talk about your reader. And I like to flip that on its head. I'm like, no, I don't care about the reader. I'm gonna talk to them about me because my ideal reader cares about the stories I tell them. And they do. They 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 find it funny. Like a friend. If all a friend ever did when they turned up was just sit there and listen to your problems, and it's like Are you gonna tell me anything about yourself? No, I just just wanna talk about you. That's just really creepy. (laughs) So I deliberately, even this is like, I got inverted air quotes here, bad copywriting practice. It's like bury the point, you know, everyone's like, get to the point, tell them what you're selling, give them your tip, give them your value and then get out of there. And I'm like, stuff that. I will spend half my email just saying like, okay, so today you would not believe it. I took my kids to the grocery store and I was wearing a mask. Even though I wasn't sick and masks are not compulsory here and then this dude came and he was getting so mad that my kids were and I was just telling this crazy story there was I, there was once I had this standoff in the ice cream aisle this guy's like yelling at me because my kids weren't wearing masks. That's a great I was line. and he assumed that they were sick and and it was just like it had 90% of that email had nothing to do. it didn't even have a copywriting tip. I was just like this is this crazy story that happened yeah so that's really nuts and by the way, I just launched this blog post. you want to go and check it out? <laughs> And most people are like, oh, that's such bad copywriting. But that's actually really good copywriting. In, the, in 2021, people are just, they have enough information. They have enough value. They have enough tips. Like, do you go to your inbox? It's just like, oh, I wonder what great tips are in my inbox waiting for me. You're not. You're going, you're like, I'm bored. Give me something fun. So that's what I do. I'm like, hey. here's a story that happened with my kids today. Here's something crazy. Here's what I'm working on in my business. Like take them behind the scenes of your business. Take them behind the scenes of your life. And you'll find that copy is like way easier to write. And it just engages with people so much better.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote this really weird email this week. Um, My dad, he's um, basically a dinosaur. And, you know, the other day I tried to explain to him what Instagram was. Not, Not how to Instagram, just what it was. And so, you know, he's pretty archaic. And, he, and he's had restaurants his whole life and he just brought a new cafe. So I wrote this whole email about how I'm helping my dad figure out his restaurant marketing. Nothing to do with anything that I'm doing. Probably my favorite email that people have. They're like, this was great. I sent it to my friend. They've got a restaurant. Like just really, really um, engaged in it because it was just different, you know. And, and I think people are really craving that, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the stories are the important part of it. There are so many people who do not tell stories in the emails. And it's like, I'm not even saying there's this technical definition of what stories have to be. It's just the way you would tell it at a dinner table, tell people what happened in your day, your, your list really want to hear about that. So one of the most powerful things I've done consistently is always tell stories about what's going on in my life. And if you looked at all the emails I sent in the last year, um, the majority of the copy I've written has just been telling you stories about my life. And sometimes I'll tie that into a tip. Sometimes I'll tie it into a product pitch. I mean, actually always I'll have a product pitch, but it's not always related. The important thing is that I'm building that relationship with people because it's, you know, everyone can tell you about these hacks of like, you know, buy these Facebook ads and blah, blah, and you'll grow your list. But I'm more interested in growing this tribe of people who are like, I just want to, I like you. I want to stick with you. I feel like I know you. Like you were saying, you know, you're funny. It's funny because like no one's, ever called me funny everyone thinks I'm such a dork in my <laughs> whole life no one has said you're a really funny guy and but yet when I'm writing emails people are like oh how do I write emails if I'm not funny like you I'm like oh my gosh if you think I'm funny uh, you this you're weird you're weird because I I'm uh, not a funny person no one ever calls me funny but it's 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 just be yourself everyone finds their own things funny just talk about what you find funny and then the people who also find that funny are going to love it.
0: I love it. Super fascinating. So I want to I want to dig into a little bit about you, you know, creating this business kind of a year ago. Um, why did you decide to create the email list and, and, you know, step away from traditional copywriting?
1: Sure, because I was doing a lot of client work and I hate client work. Working with clients is like working for a boss, but from your house where your kids are screaming outside the door. So, uh, you know... <laughs> There are plenty of downsides. I mean, there's upsides too. But yeah, I just, I wanted to do my own thing. And I was doing all this stuff for clients. And I was like, I really should just take these skills and use it for myself. And, you know, I I think most of the people listening to you would already have had that realization a lot earlier than I did. It took me quite a while to get to it. But really having your own asset, your own business, and most importantly, your own list is the most important thing you can do. So I mentioned to you a year ago, I had that list and I've had it for several years. It just had 40 people on it. And so that was the big mistake. Like I had this brand name, I had my website and I was still selling copywriting services under my business. And you could say like, well, technically you've had a business for years, but the one thing I didn't have was an email list. And I didn't really have a business until I had an email list. And I would say that to anyone, if you are, you know, if you are running Facebook ads or Instagram or something and your assets are all your following on there, you don't have a business. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but in Australia this week, Facebook just turned off news. So like Facebook and Australia, Australia's government are having this
0: big fight. And it's, it was insane. It's Australian, just overnight. Yeah. Every, pages, yeah. everything disappeared.
1: Google, Google also threatened, will take search away from you if you keep pushing these laws through. Uh, but they back down from that. But it just so goes to show you that these things can change so quickly, right? So there were a lot of businesses that just got absolutely smoked by that change. And it literally happened overnight. So the thing with an email, I mean, nothing is 100% safe, but an email list, you can't be shut down that easily. You have their emails. Those people, you can't get several thousand people to all lose their emails at once. Unless like, I don't know, the internet just got exploded. The, the NSA got gets involved problems. or something, We've right? Got, yeah. yeah, we got bigger problems anyway. So you are building a business on sand if you don't have an email list. And so that is the number one realization that it. I was adult, it took me so long, not until March of 2020 to actually realize that I need to start building an email list and not just building it, Mailing it, like I need to start communicating with these people and building a relationship. It's not just an email list, they're, they're people who want to hear from me. And the funny thing is, what I did to build that it, in the beginning, I had a lot of marketing friends that are like, You need to do stuff. You need some SEO posts. You, you should buy some ads. You should do all, all these things that everyone says you should do. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to write emails. And I have a really clever marketing friend who's like, You are never going to email your way to success. And I was like, "Watch me." Um, Challenge and, accepted. And while he, there was logic. There was logic to what he was saying. It's like if you just talk to a list and don't do anything to bring people on the list, you're you're going to be capped. But what I focus on doing is like, well, I'm going to be so different. I'm going to send emails that are so fun and so useful that people are going to want to tell other people about me. And of course, I do push them to do that. I try sometimes. I have initiatives where I'm like go and share this page and I'll get more opt-ins. But I'm always leveraging my list to do that. My list is like my secret weapon. And the, the way it's my secret weapon is that I'm always building a relationship with it. Every single day I write an email. It's, it can be a slog sometimes, but most of the time I think it's great fun. Like I love my writing sessions. And what I'm doing is I'm investing relationship capital in these people. I'm sharing something with them that makes them smile. It's fun for them. And they will pay it back eventually. And that is the, seriously, that is the main way I've grown my list by sending these emails and people want to tell other people about me, sometimes of their own volition, sometimes because I get them to yeah that's that's been the the main the main strategy for me no I love
0: that and and I'm friends with Ian Stanley and he talks a lot about the emotional you know level of your audience you know hey get too salesy like the balance starts to tip and like yeah you may make some sales but you're gonna lose people in the long run and you know you, you do see this right people just going hard in in the sales approach so Daniel talk to me a little bit and and I'm just kind of curious about this, but also I think it's going to be really useful for people listening because of the fact that you kind of started the list from zero, more or less, and also you didn't, you know, bring in the big guns and spend tons of money on ads and, you know, you just kind of grew it naturally. What what was kind of the the strategy behind the business? So, you know, were you selling one product, multiple products, what kind of prices were they and what did that first kind of 90 days look like?
1: Yeah, so the interesting thing is, I was so lax on that front that I was always taking a long-term view. I had nothing to sell for probably five or six months. All I did was send emails. Now I want to make a really important distinction. And that is, I think you should always be selling something. Now I know you were just talking about what Ian Stanley said about not being too salesy. And I know where he's coming from. I know what he means. He probably doesn't disagree with me, but I think, as a business, you need to remind people, you are a business. Like you've never gone into a UK Tesco or something. And here's Woolworths. (laughs) I I like to say to people, do you ever go into Woolworths and like see that the bread is half price and you pick it up and you're like, I'm so disappointed in you Woolworths for selling me this bread. You know, you never do that because it is in the context of a business. And what I teach people is you need to have that context to your business. If you are just a wuss and all you ever do is send emails without calls to action, without pitches, without products, when you do start to pitch, people are like, Oh, where's this coming from? You're just a dirty salesman. Are you, I like to diffuse that. And I say upfront, I'm going to sell you stuff. I'm going to sell you stuff so much, but I like to, and this is a really powerful trick um, that I, I learned from all o- in craft is like when you do hard hard sales tactics, make them fun, do it with humor, say it with a twinkle in your eye and a bit of a snigger. So I'm like, I say explicitly in my welcome email, like people are going to run away screaming that I sold them too much stuff. And I, and I, I joke about it as well. And that sort of diffuses this idea. Now, not everyone has to do that. It's just my personality. But I just don't recommend ever letting people think that you're not there to make money because that's a huge mistake and they're like, oh, I thought we were friends. You're trying to sell me stuff. You've betrayed me. I'm like, if someone says that to me, I'm like, get off my email list. Like I was always selling you stuff. I'm a business. I got to feed my kids. But the, the, the point is, so for the first six months I had nothing to sell, but that, that sort of conflicted with my idea. I was like, I do not want to spend six months having people think this guy just sends me free tips every day. And then when I try and sell, I'm going to be toast. So what I did was I just put a wait list link in there. I was like. For my copywriting services, click this and I'll put you on the wait list. Now, I never used that once. I didn't want any of the leads off it. I had no interest in them, really. I just wanted something to sell to keep that up. And then after six months, I was like, really should be monetizing this. So I started coaching. So coaching is like always the easiest first step because I had this email list. It was several hundred people strong at that point. And I've been demonstrating, I've been giving them that, you know, building that relationship capital and that trust in my skills. And I was like, okay, I'm offering coaching. I got a coaching program, as I called Inbox Detonator. I actually don't really do it much now, but I offered it to people and I, you know, I I made some sales, made a few thousand bucks. um, And that was my first product. And so I launched that a few times. And I think this is a very common trajectory is that people, you know, start with coaching and they're like, oh coaching is actually really hard, too. And I want to have some products. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm sick of this. (laughs) I thought this was the answer and I'm terribly bored right now. I'm just doing it all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so later in um, in in December last year, actually, I, I was spending a year, I was putting this course together. It was an abomination how long that thing took me, market detective. It took me nine months to make this course. It was terrible of me. I just mucked around so much. But I got my first course out in December. And that launch was crazy. That was the most money I'd ever made in a month by selling a product. And I was like, yeah, this sort of has some legs to it. And so my focus after that has been more on products. Because you, know, you can't scale coaching. Like You can do group coaching, but it's just not really what I want to do. I think selling products is fun. And like, digital ones especially, because it's just so easy. So the roadmap for me, I I always knew I wanted to be making products. I just took my sweet, sweet time getting there. So it was starting with coaching because you can do that almost from day one. So what I would do, I I sort of followed a progression that I'd teach almost anyone to do is first from day dot, you can send out waitlist links, click here on this waitlist to apply to work with me. And by the way, I would never sell your services directly from an email, have a waitlist because that has the, you know it lets people know that they have to wait to work with you. You've got some value. Don't just say, click here to buy my time. It's like, it's you you got to wait for it. So you can start with a wait list for your services. And then soon after that, when you get a list and you start developing some skills, showing it off, you can start offering coaching to people, right? And so that's the next level up. And then after that, you can start offering products. Um, I mean, I guess you could come right out the gate with products, but most people don't have one. Like mm-hmm. if you have, if you're listening to this, you have no business, no skills, nothing. Um, you could rustle together an email list, send some things to people, get people to give you their email address. And tomorrow you could send them an email pitching your services. So you don't need to make a product at all. You just write an email. So that was my roadmap. It was kind of um, my services, then my coaching and then now it's products. And that a year into doing this sort of is the plan for me now. Like I've, I don't like doing client work. I don't like coaching people. It's hard. It's all intensive. And being in Australia, the time zones are really annoying. So selling products is kind of my favorite thing right now. It's just, I don't want to be a jerk, like, because I've said to my wife, you know, I wake up and there's the sales and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, all those people, they talk about waking up and there's sales
0: on their phone. It's like, it's
1: actually really fun. But I don't want to say that because people think I'm an idiot, (laughs) but but it is a good feeling.
0: Yeah, it is nice, right? Like you wake up (laughs) and it's like, oh, thank you. Mr. J. Dot Williams, I really appreciate you, and I've never met you before, but I'm looking forward to. You know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing when you know random people on the internet decide to just give you money. It's it's you know it's the it's the childhood dream, right? You know, once we saw the internet, I was like, oh, wonder if people could give me money through this.
1: Exactly, and that's that's where I wanted to get was to kind of automate it in a way. Now. So many people teach automating this stuff and I'm not a believer in that because I write a new email every day and I have done for nearly a year. And that, that's labor intensive. There ain't no automation going there. There's no holidays from that. Even when I go away, I write emails. So that, that part doesn't stop. But, you know, having that front end infrastructure where someone joins and there's that parallel welcome sequence to nurture them. And the parallel welcome sequence has some sales pitches. And occasionally, occasionally I get people who are so warm that they'll just join my list and the next day they'll buy something. But, you know, it's a long-term process, but I know that sort of the infrastructure is there. If someone joins my list, they're going to go through that sequence. They're going to get warmed up. They're going to start getting my daily emails, which I'll keep doing. And as long as I keep doing that, like the business is going to keep running and growing. And I don't even rush myself with these deadlines because a lot of people do that. They try and finish things really quickly. Whereas I take the view that I don't care. I'm never going to go, well, very rarely am I going to go buy it today. It's very, very rarely that I'll do that. If I'm doing a sale with a big discount, then sure, because you know you get a discount. Why wouldn't I push you to get a discount? But in general, very few of my emails are designed to close a sale. What I want to do is you know move you 1% closer to it you're like, well, I still don't need that, but I trust you a little bit more. Maybe after a hundred emails like that, I'll be like, all right, you got me. And the next time I do a sale in six months from now, you'll buy. So it's a very long-term view of business that a lot of people don't take. A lot of copywriters who are talking about this are like, you know, how do I monetize this on the front end? And I run this ad from cold traffic to an upsell. And they're just all about taking people's money straight away. And even the way they talk about it is so slimy. It's just like you know return on ad spend and all that stuff. They're just thinking of the dollars. Whereas for me, I don't look at my business like that. I'm like all these people, I want them to be with me for the long term. I want them to be reading my emails in 5 years. And if that's the case, if they're still there from 5 in 5 years, I'm sure they will have bought some stuff by then. So I don't care about that stuff. I'm not trying to make the sale. In fact, if you go to my website, you cannot buy anything. I never give people links to products because I don't want them to buy stuff until they know that they trust me. And it's like flipping the game of business on its head, but it's way more fun to play it this way. I get to be myself. I get to build genuine relationships with people and then they only buy when they trust me. So I don't have refund requests. I don't have bad customers. All these people drop off. And all I get are the people who are like, I know that I trust you. I know that you're selling what I want. And when they buy it, they use it. And they're like, this changed my life. And I think it's just a really great way to run my business. So that's sort of my longer term strategy, I guess.
0: It's actually it's actually really interesting because I think a lot of people do think in the short term, and, and I listen to Alex Samosia a lot. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. You know, he's been really interesting in the funnel space. Runs you know a gym business, does lead gen basically, um, but went from like zero to a hundred million dollars in like three and a half years. And what he was talking about on a recent podcast, which kind of mirrors what you're talking about here was, you know, if you just start thinking about business, not in three months or six months or a year, but in, hey, 10 years, you know, thinking about your business in 10 year, you know, spectrums, you make a lot different decisions, you know, and and ultimately you're doing the things that's best for you. And one of my personal one-on-one coaches, you know, right when I started working with him. Back in last January, you know, I met him on a cruise. He never talked to me about his product. Like, he didn't tell me what he did. And we just had the best time. It was just himself. And everybody I met was like, man, you've got to speak to Stan. Stan's incredible. Like, he does so much cool stuff in his business. Oh, Stan. You know, they got super pumped about it. And I spent this whole week getting drunk and having fun on this cruise. You know, God knows if we'll ever do that again. But, you know, a week later, I ended up rushing to him at Funnel Hacking Live and saying, dude, I need your help to help me become the person that I need to be to be happy building a big business. Because I've seen so many people, and I don't know if you've seen this, you know, they get to seven figures and then they like beat up their wife or like they lose their kids or, you know, there's all of this terrible fallout that comes from this rushed progression and I was like, man, I, I really just want you to help me become the person that can handle it, you know, and, and enjoy it in the process. And one of the very first things he did was he put me through this exercise called The Perfect Average Day by, you know, Frank Kern talked about this in this core influence talk he did in like 2006 in this big conference. And it was all about, you know, how do I want to live my day? Like, what do I want to be doing every single day? And, and what really resonated with me, what you just said there, Daniel, is this idea of, look, you're building this business around what you actually want to be doing to feel fulfillment and joy and work with the right people and, and actually like get a sense of like fulfillment and joy from it. And, and that's huge. And I think so many of us are rushing, you know, to make a hundred thousand dollars this year or seven figures this year. And actually, you know, it's like Tony Robbins says, right? You, will overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in 10 years.
1: Absolutely. And in my background as a copywriter, working with a lot of these businesses, I worked with seven and eight figure businesses and I saw the the stress that that stuff brings. And so I have very deliberately been kind of cultivating a business that is according to what I want. So like, it's a bit weird, but I don't like the idea of having a team. I, that is so counterintuitive. Everyone else wants a team, but I just didn't want the hassle of that. And I worked with a VA, and I know VAs can be awesome and can boost your productivity, but like, I just, it's another piece that I have to take care of. And I like, so I just like to keep things simple to the point where I don't need one. And if some, you know, if I could do this method that could scale me, but I would need a team to do it, well, I don't want to do that. So I am, like, like you say, I'm trying to build the business that's going to avoid the problems that I saw in these people who had huge businesses. And with that came enormous stress and the stress of managing a giant team and pay payroll. And, you know, money has stress too. Like you need to get lawyers and you're always under attack from people. It's like, whoa, stuff this. I just want to build a business where I, what I'm doing now, to be honest with you, I like my work day. I like sitting there and writing the email and selling the product. And I like them building something else. So if you were like, you know, what do you want to be doing differently in five years from now? Not too much. Like I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying what I do. Maybe I'll just worry a little less. I'll get a little less hung up on trying to grow stuff. I, maybe that's the only mind block I need to get over. But really, if you want to get to the point, sorry, you, you do want to get to the point where what you are doing is is repeatable. And it's like, well, what I'm doing now is what I want to do. And I know it's aligning with my long-term goals. So to me, like writing emails is a really great part of that strategy. If you can find a way to enjoy writing an email, like that probably is the the key to success. If you can find a way to like writing to your list and you do that by having fun, that's like the one thing that's going to grow your business more than anything else. Because over the long-term, multiply that by hundreds of emails that you'll send to people, they'll end up trusting and liking you and you're having fun. So like to me, that's where I want to get to.
0: Yeah, that's that's huge. And honestly, you know, when I think about all the emails that I write, the ones that have the biggest impact and are the ones that are the most fun to write are when I'm just taking it easy and I'm just, you know, sharing it like it is when I'm writing it about my taco Tuesday, you know, or what happened when I met that weird guy called Junior who had the painting in The Young Girlfriend, you know, it's like those stories are interesting. And luckily, you know, we, we forget sometimes that just the mundane shit that happens in your life can be super interesting you know and it doesn't have to be this big full-blown crazy story
1: yeah that, that and that's the best stuff and honestly that's one of the best things I can probably tell people is like the mundane things that happen in your life are the best things to share with people because you know and pro storyteller this is something I learned from professional storytellers is that people find it hard to relate to the time that you made a million dollars. They can't relate to the time you nearly died in a car crash. They can't relate to the time when, you know, you went on a wild car chase with a guy who stole, you know, $3 million worth of diamonds from a bank and you saw it, you know, all those crazy stories. It's like they don't resonate as well with people as just the little moment where your kids were driving you nuts or, you know, you're at the shop and you just saw the weirdest person or something like that. That's just better. Telling those stories is better. And so if, you know, if people listening to this, I can, given one thing, it's like to, to look around for those things in your day. It, that, and this sort of is my, my business building superpower is that I live my life with this storyteller's eye. And I'm always like, how could I turn this into something that I could send my email list? And just repeating that over time has been the single best growth strategy for me, really. Because like, that's, that's what it is about. Even the emails that you're, you say you like They come from that kind of thing. It's just me thinking of how could I make this fun? How could I make someone smile
0: with this? Yeah, I'm sort of laughing to myself because I remember, you know, every time I'm walking around something and my girlfriend like spots something, I'm like, oh, I'm going to write an email about this. And I have this like note section on my phone where it's like, what's the random stuff I saw today that I want to write an email about later on? You know, some of those never get written, but you've got this constant source of inspiration of, you know, literally hundreds of things that might happen to you that you can always turn to in those moments of blankness where you're like, man, I don't know what to write today. Oh, wait, here's 150 things that happened to me in the last six weeks, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I do. I do the same thing.
0: I love it. Daniel, I want to try and give someone um, who's listening to this, who is listened to this and just like me is like, wow, this sounds fun. I want to go and write some fun emails after this, even though it's 8pm in the evening and I should probably go and eat some food. What would you give someone as a, okay, cool. I like this idea. I want to start writing some emails. What would be your, how to get it done and how to actually make it happen? Sort of couple of minute tips on how to get started.
1: Are we, are we assuming that they have a, an email list already or they don't even have that?
0: Yeah, let's just assume they, they don't even have one. You know, they've probably opened MailChimp, realized it was horrible and gave up. So let, let's just take it from there.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the first thing you need to do is get some people on that list. Uh, probably if, you, if I was in that situation, number one is I like, get off MailChimp. I hate MailChimp. <laughs> but then the first thing I want to do is work on my welcome email Emails because that's the first that's going to scale. Every single person who ever joins my email list is going to read this, so I want to put some effort into it, and I want to think about what do people in my industry do. How can I do something different that's going to make people smile? So just dump your personality into that first email and make people go like, "Whoa, that that was something different. This is this is fun." And then you know I go and go and hit up people. Like there's there's so many ways to get people on your list, you know, you could, you can buy ads, you can go on your socials, you can go and um, create great content and share it. I mean, for me, the, the biggest thing came from sort of after I had my first subscribers and I, I wrote a blog post, this one particular blog post that sort of gets people to opt into my list. And I just asked people to share that in relevant groups. So that's been the biggest thing that I've done. So however you're getting these first people on your list, you know, you you can get them on, they can read those welcome emails and then start this practice of, it doesn't have to be every day. Every day can be full on, especially if you're not good at it, but a couple of times a week, at least, you know, you are going to block off some time and you're going to be like, I'm going to write an email that is going to, number one, it's going to be worth people's time to read. You won't always want people to read an email and and either walk away smiling or think, you know, I'm glad I read that or both. And you do that by number one, stuffing your personality into it. Number two, share, you know, insightful tips and, and thoughts that you have on your industry that other people don't have. And number three, put in a pitch to a product. Always do that. Or a waitlist link.
0: I love that. And I really I
1: don't think I really on. don't think you need to overcomplicate it too much, more than that. And just take take material from your day. I mean, if, if people want to go and watch. How I do it, you know. I'm sure you're going to say this anyway, but you know, persuasivepage.com. Go, go to my website and go and watch how I do it. And that that welcome sequence is the the core of it. Was me taking the emails that sort of most told you about what I stand for and what's different about my views on copywriting to other people's. And whatever your industry is, take that stuff and riff on it because you want to stand out. So what do you what do you disagree with all the gurus on? What's your the view that you've been sitting there thinking about and you're like, you know, everyone says this, but I don't know why they do. And talk about that stuff and people find that fascinating. I think, you know, being a remarkable personality like that is what's going to attract you a following.
0: No, I think I think that's powerful. And um, yeah, guys, go check it out, persuasivepage.com. Definitely the best welcome sequence I've read this year. And, uh, and I'm not just saying that because it's February and I haven't read any others. It's actually brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, definitely, definitely go check that out. And Daniel, just to... Share behind the scenes of, you know, how powerful this is. Can you just give people listening, and I know you share this on the page, but, you know, what, what are some of the, you know, results of this welcome sequence? Like the the open rates and how many people click through? Can you share some of that?
1: Oh, I actually haven't looked at it recently. But, you know, when when I wrote that blog post, they were absolutely crazy. Like I was getting... My previous open rates would drop, you know, below 50 by the end of the welcome sequence. Whereas when I was looking at, it, it was like, you know, above above 70 or something, something nuts. It was really good. But the the other important thing about it, and I reckon honestly, I I think everyone should do something like this because let people read more of your emails if they want to, if they want to binge your stuff, encourage that. And I think that whether or not what the percentages say, it's that small percentage of super fans that this approach encourages because they're the people who are going to be buying your stuff. And they're the ones who email me. They're like, it's two in the morning and I've been reading your emails for the last three hours. And oh my gosh, like, let me go to sleep, please. And they're the people who are going to end up being my super fans and buying my stuff. So I really recommend that approach. And if you go go to my website, you can uh, actually see I have a blog post breaking down how to do that.
0: I love that. Yeah, and and guys, go check that out. And so big takeaways for me, um, Daniel, it's one, thank you. This was a ton of fun to, to, to hang out with you, basically. It felt like hanging out. It was great. It's not even work anymore. You know, just chilling with, with some cool people. Exactly. Biggest things for me was, you know, have fun with the writing. Tell, you know, the stories that are happening around you and always, you know, make an offer if you can. doesn't matter if it's going to be anything. You just tag it on the end. And then the other thing was, you know, that waitlist tip, man, I think that's powerful because I think most people think they have to offer something and don't always have something to sell. So just having that waitlist at the bottom so that you can program to people that you are a business, that was a huge, huge takeaway for me as well.
1: Yeah, it worked a treat for me when I had nothing to sell for months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, please, if you're listening this far, go go listen and consume that sequence persuasivepage.com um, and if you can't spell it like i probably wouldn't be able to spell it i'm going to drop it down in the show notes for everybody who has an iq that's as low as mine so daniel thanks for coming on the show super super awesome to connect with you my friend and uh, yeah looking forward to reading more of your emails every single day thanks for coming on thanks for having me man hey everyone i hope you really enjoyed that episode as always if you want to listen to more daily interview content make sure you subscribe and here's three ways i can help you in your business for free